0: To the podcast podcast. My name is Don and for some reason I can hear every sound the microphone arm makes. And sitting across from me is
1: Scott, and I can't hear every sound that it makes, but I'm probably half of the sounds that it's making.
0: No, you're like 90%. No, I'm okay. cuz I'm not yeah. touching the table, so it's all you. <laughs> okay. I don't know what's going. On. I'm going to have to I don't know. So, A- yeah. Equipment will be both the death and life of me, I guess forever. Mhm. But yeah. So I'm sorry if you guys hear or we're trying to make it sound like you're here.
1: I think that's what we're trying to do. We're trying yeah, to make it sound it's experiential learning with with all the schools and things that have to do stuff online, and in our, our world is so experiential. We want to make this an experiential
0: Hosea. Hoseaic? You know,
1: I don't know if I really want an experiential Hosea. No, in especially honesty, not at the end of this. No. <laughs> oh, especially this chapter. Yeah. It, it gets pretty violent, doesn't it?
0: Uh, that's where once again someday we're going to do judges, but it's going to be on the uh, explicit.
1: Did I tell you I got a judges commentary this week? No. Uh-huh. Go on. Well, I figured just, you know, start looking into it. And Are we start... really?
0: So we've been talking about doing the minor prophets. Are we going to, because uh, I, I I would, uh, we'll talk about I it. Mean, I want to do it.
1: Not that we would stop the minor prophets, but right. to would have you... a rated, I mean, I think a lot of the Bible could be rated R if we really Jose, got into Hosea Hosea, it. Would Hosea would be. Definitely, but, yes. Yeah. Um, but judges would just be a fun rated i mean no there's nothing the fun is not fun fun. rated up <laughs> um
0: it would be so much fun to talk about the growth and everything
1: i i wonder if there's a reason it's not in most picture bibles for kids
0: you know like i saw somebody he had a a meme and it was like when I say I'm looking for a biblical woman, I'm talking about somebody that will put a tent peg through my enemy's head, <laughs> like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I guess it's biblical, right? Yeah. She's, what a wonderful woman. Um, so yeah, so I, I don't know, but it would be a, an interesting discussion.
0: Yeah, we would full out have to. We would probably lose our queen tag, but.
1: So we could create like a different name, like a hidden name.
0: Well, we could do it a couple of ways. We could do a hidden URL mm-hmm. or we could just let it go out explicit okay. and like run it. Co- like one week we could, we can talk about the logistics, but we could do like the minor profit on one week and then the uh, judges on the next. Okay. And just, I can put the red text that says, Hey, this is going to be a little bit more, you know,
1: so we wouldn't graphic. fully be a rated R podcast. Just our judges one would.
0: Right. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know what constitutes it because I don't know if it's language or if it would be like reading judges and describing the carnage within. Hmm. So I don't know. It's,
1: I don't know the rules. wonder what that would be in King James' version.
0: Worse. <laughs> <laughs> King, King James, like, well, I don't know. There's a couple of things they gloss over a little bit, especially in Joshua, I think.
1: So if I said like the the King James version of donkey...
0: Oh oh you Does that think, all
1: of a sudden become like a, 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 yeah, a rated hole. R post or uh No no that'd be I, I think
0: that'd be pretty mild because I listen to non explicit podcasts that like those kind of words I think it would be any um, I think I think really more like F bombs. Okay. Or what kill it, and then like graphic content. Um,
1: so then Hosea I'm
0: gonna look because I got a couple of podcasts on here that
1: So if Hosea was written by or translated by someone else, would some of Gomer's acts in the beginning of Hosea require an F-bomb?
0: No. Uh, Wait, I don't know what you mean.
1: Uh, I mean, Hosea wasn't necessarily having good relations with others.
0: So I'm looking looking at a couple of podcasts. Like one of the major ones that was out there that people would know would be Serial, the Uh Serial podcast. Every one of those has an E. And I'm going to argue that that is because of language. So that means it's explicit. I'm looking at criminal. And despite graphic subject matter in a lot of these, there is no explicit. And I think it's because they don't have major language. And I'm actually surprised because there's a couple of grisly episodes of that podcast. So uh, 20,000 Hertz is clean. That's a great podcast, by the way.
1: Really? You're going to, have to send me some of those.
0: Yeah. 20,000 Hertz is all about sound. Oh. Like, it's really cool. I'm not, they're not part of us. We're not part of them. We don't have anything to do with them, but they talk about like, um, like where did Baby Shark come from? Uh, the Netflix logo, like this, the sound process and making that the Xbox logo. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, like the sound that went behind that. Um, I'm just looking at a few. They've got a, quite a few in here. Like uh, they did uh, two parts on um, the guy that did uh, Mel Blanc, who does all the cartoon voices of Bugs Bunny and uh-huh. the Flintstones and all that. So, yeah, really cool podcast, completely clean. Um, we listen to it on road trips a lot. Okay. And Eli, my second oldest, him and I like listen to it and talk about it a lot. Oh, okay. Really good, family friendly podcast. Wow. Okay.
1: So, yeah, I. No don't explicit. Listen <laughs> to many podcasts at all. Uh, but I read. I used to, and then I work from home. I read a lot on <laughs> Audible. Uh, so as I'm getting ready in the morning.
0: I've done some audiobooks. I listened to The Last Days of Night with mm-hmm. my wife. Yeah. It's a historical fiction with a lot of facts, but also a lot of like, not made up, but fill in the blank that might not have happened. Okay. Um, that was a good one. I enjoyed that. But then I listened to nineteen eighty four and I did that while I was driving and there are a few times I was like, I should just run this car into the wall because that's <laughs> so depressing. Like I did not get into that. So I've okay. had hit or miss with audiobooks. Some okay. have been good, some I'm like, eh. I'd rather not.
1: Yeah, I don't listen to much fiction. Most of what I listen to is act there's a couple of fiction, um, and they're historical fiction. I, I yeah. like those. If I'm going to read fiction, and when I say read, I'm putting in quotes, Audible, Audible. they read to me. Um, but then I'll read like other things that I want to read. If they have it on Audible, I can kind of go on autopilot in the morning getting ready for work. And it kind of, um, yeah.
0: I listened to a, a Tim Keller book, Center Church. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a mistake. Oh, was it bad? No, it's more textbookish. Oh, So it just wasn't, and there's a lot of diagrams, a lot of figures, and it was like, oh, I need the book anyway to like.
1: Yeah, I tried an N.T. Wright book and just wanted to shoot myself in the head. I keep trying to get <laughs> through it. And because it's N.T. Wright. Yeah, it's no. just, Ooh. so I'm like, uh, I can't.
0: I think I have a Roman s- study from him. Is that him? No, I can't remember. Okay,
1: yeah. So it's it's not working very well. but uh, But there's other things like, that that I, I enjoy.
0: I'm looking up NT Wright.
1: So um, it's it was his book on Paul, that kind of goes through Paul's history and how he interacts and deals with with people, and it, maybe it's better if you read it, but I just I can't can't listen to it. I guess it's just too heady.
0: Yeah, I did the this one, NT Wright, uh, Romans 20 studies for individuals and groups. Okay. My wife and I did that together. It was really good. But yeah, not an audible. But yeah, that would yeah. be a good study um, to do with. Somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got all of our recommendations today, people. Yeah. <laughs> you got uh, NT Wright, not in Audible, but in Romans. You got 20,000 Hertz, listen with your family. Um, and you got our future uh, explicit content <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up. So speaking of explicit content,
1: let's go to Hosea.
0: Yeah, this one, um, the end of the chapter is a little bit. Woo! Mm-hmm. So just kind of a heads up warning in case I forget to put the uh, red text. Uh, at the end of this, it gets a little graphic, uh, and not in the usual ways, but in a more judges, gruesome sort of way. It's kind of violent. Yeah.
1: You know, pregnant being ripped open, you know?
0: Yeah. So if your kids are listening, uh, (laughs) so, uh, what do you want to start us out with?
1: Um, how's one through three?
0: Yeah. That's a good break in my ESV. Chapter 13 of
1: Hosea verses one through three. When Ephraim spoke bleh. when Ephraim spoke there was trembling he was exalted in Israel but he incurred guilt through Baal and died and now sin more and more and make more make for themselves metal images idols skillfully made of their silver all of them the work of craftsmen it is said of them those who who offer human sacrifice kiss calves. Therefore, they shall be like the morning mist, or like the dew that goes early away, like the shaft that swirls from the threshing floor, or like smoke from a window. And I can't read that. That a definitely. rough one to get yeah, through, it huh? It yeah, um, So anyway, what you got?
0: Um, well, the uh, uh, part about incurring guilt through bail uh, it seems to go back to, and I thought I wrote the verses down, Uh, I need to fire myself. Um, Seems to go back from Jezebel's decree, Mm -hmm. uh, making Baal worship a sanctioned uh, practice, sanctioned religion, what do you want to call it? Uh, And it's interesting that the end of her is absolutely graphic. She's Mm -hmm. basically thrown off a balcony and... uh, dogs eater, and the only thing left was her skull. It, you know, it's like a pretty... Oh, yeah. Second King something. I thought I wrote down the reference. but um, I don't
1: think I wrote down any reference for that part.
0: But you would think that with such a graphic end of her story that um Israel would have turned and been like, oh, man, yeah, that's, you know, disgusting. Mm-hmm. Let's follow God, and, you know, I don't want eunuchs throwing me off a balcony. But instead it says, and now they sin more and more. So it was like they they learn nothing from it. Mm -hmm. They completely turn a blind eye, which will play kind of a role at the end of the chapter uh, when we talk about uh, labor pains. Um, They basically are seeing like different warning signs throughout this chapter and they don't pay any mind to them. Mm -hmm. Um, As a matter of fact, uh, there's some picturing here that kind of harkens back to the calf in Exodus. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're seeing, um, they make for themselves metal images. Uh, some people translate that metal as molten images. So we see kind of the melting down of things to make golden calves or in this case, silver. So we're seeing a precious metal melted down. And then we have that reference, uh, back to kissing the calf. So before it was just like, here's the calf, And some argue that there's probably, uh, blood rituals that possibly went around with it, possibly Mm -hmm. sex cult rituals. Um, that went around with the calf, and here they are still uh, offer human sacrifice, which is kind of a step further, and now they're basically not just adultery with each other, but now also kissing mm-hmm. the calf is indicating adultery with the false god itself. So there's there's kind of all these little points back to Exodus in this little section of verses here.
1: Yeah, I kind of had some of the same things uh, when it was talking about kind of that reference to the the idol and the kissing idols and, and that sort of thing. Um, I also have kind of a little bit, if we're looking at kind of historically kind of what's going on, um, we're looking at um, potentially looking at the end of Hosea's ministry. Um, we've got uh, Shalmaneser is on the throne of Assyria, but he's going to soon be replaced by Sargon the Second. Um, Oh, man, it's had uh,
0: Bible school flashbacks. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and he's going to end up conquering the last remains of the northern kingdom. Um, So we're going to see this this is going to be the kind of the end of the northern kingdom.
0: Which uh, really quick, it says when Ephraim spoke, there was trembling. That's actually talking about the start of the kingdom, the divided (laughs) kingdom. Israel had all the tribes and all the power. So they actually were a force to be reckoned with. Um, And then... Boom. Well, it starts yeah. off,
1: I mean, 13.1 starts off, I mean, really nice. I mean, yeah. when Ephraim spoke, there was trembling. I mean, he was ends. exalted in Israel. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of the chapter drops down and it doesn't get any better. Right. Um, because I just mentioned how it's going to end and it, it's, it's not going to end well. So... Yeah, so unfortunately, it starts off well, but but what ultimately brings them down is that Baal worship that, that Don was just talking about. Um, they're going to start worshiping these idols, and it's it's going to go from bad to, to actually worse And how it is that they worship these idols and, and how important it becomes a part of um, their daily lives. Um, verse 3, <clears throat> what is it, talks about... Um, because Ephraim has deserted the one source of life in God and has tried to, to, to find life in Baal, um, they will vanish like the morning mist and dew. Um, ultimately, kind of that reference is they're going to disappear before the heat of the sun mm-hmm. um, actually comes out of the day. Um, like the like shaft that is separated from the wheat on the threshing floor and blown away by the wind. Um, like smoke and that wafts out the window of a house. Um, The latter is not properly a window, but a hole in the roof or side of the dwelling through which the smoke from a cooking fire would escape. Um, The shaft on the threshing floor um, uses images that would easily bring about pictures, um, scenes from everyday life that that they they would be familiar with. Uh, The threshing floor was where farmers would bring their grain to be crushed under the feet of oxen. Um, so it's basically what's left is the worthless residue that remained on the surface um, that would swirl around by the winds and be blown away. so you're you're talking about how quick they are, or is it how quick I, I guess these are just the images of how they've gone from yeah. top dog to where they're at now.
0: Well, and, um a lot of the profits will use one or two at a time. Uh, Hosea kind of reminds me of like a, maybe like a Southern black preacher with his, like, um, you and I have been to a Southern black church before. Mm -hmm. So we have gotten to witness and I'm not talking about like in Ohio, I'm talking about in a remote Island, South Carolina, like we were two of the three white boys in the church. Mm -hmm. Like we were way fish out of water and the church service was what, two hours long. Mm -hmm. It was way so much fun. Not Sunday school, not you know, uh-huh. the church service. Um, but the pastor there would get on a roll and he would like kind of reiterate his point over and over. But with different like analogies or different, you know, examples or whatever. Um, I, I still remember he'd be like, you don't want to be like the kids out on the corner. You don't want to be like the kids sitting on the street at the curb at McDonald's. You don't mm-hmm. want to be like and he would kind of go and go and go. And each time he would kind of like drive that point a little more. And then some guy came up and started playing guitar while he was preaching. And then a drummer came up and he started like, every time he would emphasize a point, there would be like a crescendo in the music. Mm -hmm. And like, I just hear this in Hosea. Therefore, they'll should be like Uh, the morning mist. Boom, you know, like, or like the dew, boom, you know, that goes away early or like the shaft, you know, like, and it's Mm -hmm. like continues to like, it's not like Isaiah who's like, yeah, they're all like grass, they'll fade away. You know, it's like, he is building, and like the, the momentum is getting higher and higher and higher and higher. And then he stops mm-hmm. and he goes to verse four. But I, I the whole time I thought about that preacher mm. down at was that, that was a Baptist church, right? I don't
1: remember what kind of churches was. I remember it was fun. Like I couldn't I'm spend sure two we, hours I'm in our sure, church, yeah, I would have been like,
0: like a, a legit ooh. Baptist church. Yeah, yeah it was, was it was fun. Uh, but I just I just kept thinking of that pastor. I just kept thinking of Jose like that pastor preaching who would like build his points and then like he would continue to emphasize more and more and more. But then he would kind of draw you back down mm-hmm. for a second. And I, I see that in this verse. Yeah, Like Hosea is like, like this, like this, like this, like this. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of comes back down. And then he kind of builds. But yeah, it's I guess the main point is like, this is repeated by the, this prophet, where a lot of prophets would give you one or two shots mm-hmm. and then kind of like onto a different prophecy. But Hosea seems to be more of like a passionate mm-hmm. in this this section of verses to the point where he's like, Maybe maybe you don't get it. You're like mist. No, no, no. You're like do. No, 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 no. You're like the shat. Like he just kind of really mm-hmm. builds that point.
1: Because straight out of the box, I was sitting there going, what does that even mean? But when you start looking at, what is it, Elizabeth Actmeyer and the IVP Old Testament commentary, it was starting to really explain. I mean, these were common ideas and common analogies that they could yeah. actually relate to. Um kind of like what he was talking about with McDonald's and and like, yeah, okay, yeah, he I wasn't g- against McDonald's. That, he, that, was, yeah.
0: he was he was basically talking about idle hands. Right, right. right. He's like, you don't want to be idle like the kids sitting at the, the at the mm-hmm. on the street corner. You don't want to be like those kids that are just idle loitering around in McDonald's parking lot. Like right. that's what his his so please McDonald's, we are not <laughs> oh, yeah. don't suit No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but yeah that that was his point it was like right. you don't want to be idle. You don't want to be passive. You don't want to be like purposeless mm-hmm. is where that pastor was going. I cannot believe I still remember that. I'm but, impressed. I have no clue um, what
1: he was talking about, but I remember at the time I was like, I don't remember what it is now. I
0: probably have no, my, my wife always talks about like, if I hear a sermon, I can recall it and remember it. Wow. And she's like, always like, Cause we'll go home and like I'll be like she'll be like our pastor Matt uh-huh. she'll be like yeah pastor Matt about this 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 oh yeah that's just exactly like if you remember when when Eric or Dan or like one of our other pastors was preaching like yeah so Matt was taking that from like two months ago and he's like tying it back in because we're still in the book of Matthew so we're going back around or like you know whatever and she's like how do you <laughs> like, I don't know if you if you preach at me I I can remember <laughs> now, now if you talk to me I forget Don's <laughs> telling
1: you a story for probably. Tw-
0: 20-ish years ago? 2002 or three, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I remember a lot of what I hear. Yeah. I remember a lot of those. Uh, do you remember the John Wimber tapes?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I
0: remember I remember listening to those. I remember many, many points, many of his stories. And he's talking
1: about tapes. It's not... Yeah, he's going tapes. old school language. He's literally <laughs> talking about tapes. So,
0: so Scott and I both worked at Vineyard Churches. Uh, if you're familiar with the Vineyard Churches, they are out of California and John Wimber, uh, was the founder in, I don't know. It was like a rite of passage. You had to listen to like a handful of his teaching tapes. If you're employed there, I guess, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, they just kind I of just get handed around teachings. or whatever. Yeah. I just l- listened to him and I still remember, I remember his jokes. Like, mm-hmm. and I remember like our current church was like very similar. Mm-hmm. Like somebody comes in, like, where's the youth group? And he's like, look around, we are the youth group. And I'm like, <laughs> So the church that I'm in now, like my wife and I in our, like, Around forty years old are the elders, <laughs> <laughs> not not like the biblical office, but like we are older than the majority <laughs> of the people at our church. Like I think our pastor's like thirty eight, like a ripe old age. You know, our founding pastor is my age. We're okay. like three months apart or something. But like the, the majority pastor, of people you are. Must respect younger. your elders. Our, our neighbors down the street from us, um, they're in their mid thirties, but like every time like they have a birthday, or so, they still look like kids. Um, they go to our church. And I'm always like. Uh, so are you guys 30 yet? Like have you been 30 years old yet? Like,
1: uh, yeah. When we got new teachers that come in, I was like, Oh, he's just, man, he's just a young kid. Oh shoot. I did just say that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Come under my wing. guy was 20 <laughs> years younger
0: than me. Like,
1: I was like, I refuse to believe that. So yeah. Back. Sorry. Anyways, back, back sorry. To so yeah, we, yeah.
0: we're now reaching a pitch and then like Osea is going to kind of bring us down, but then bring us up again. So if, you want to take four through eight? Yes.
1: So ultimately, um, we went from Israel being on top to how quickly their Baal worship has brought them to a place of near destruction. Mm -hmm. And as we go, it's not going to look good for them. Yeah. So you said four through eight? Yeah.
0: They're they're the natural breaks in the ESV. So, yeah.
1: But I am the Lord your God from the land of Egypt. You know no god but me, and besides me, there is no savior. It was I who knew you in the wilderness in the land of drought. But when they had grazed, they became full. They were filled, and their heart was lifted up. Therefore, they forgot me.
0: Hold on. Now, as you listen to Scott read this, here's the same pattern again. We're gonna build back up like the like the preacher. So, go on ahead.
1: Um, Seven. Ah, oh, thank you. So I am to the I am to them like a lion, like a leopard. I will lurk beside the way. I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cubs. I will tear open their breast, and there I will devour them like a lion, as a wild beast would rip them open. So in four through six, <laughs> we are reminded that God is a faithful God. We are reminded that he brought us out of the wilderness. We are reminded of the type of relationship that we started out with him. However, that is not how seven through eight ends.
0: Yep, we we crescendo again. Yeah. God is their shepherd at the beginning, and now he's their predator.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And and the whole, I mean, he goes from Savior in verse 4, to ultimately again, yeah, playing the role of a predator and you you see being on top to then that time of destruction. And and you see if you followed us in the Deuteronomy podcast, um, and I think even in Hosea, we are always reminded that God brought us out of the land of Egypt. Um mm-hmm. we are reminded of of his protection, of his sovereignty over his care. Um, over Israel, throughout all of that, in Deuteronomy, we're reminded that we didn't get there on our own. But eventually, we got complacent and gave ourselves credit for it. And I think those very warnings that we see in Deuteronomy are beginning to happen here in Hosea. But also, that blessing versus destruction also is, or blessing versus judgment, is also happening here as well.
0: Yeah, we're seeing. Um, actually, we kind of get this this theme. Uh, and I've I think I've said it many times in here before, but we're definitely seeing where God is, in a sense, really just taking a step backwards and saying, "Fine, what happens happens." And in this case, um, is, he's basically sending Assyria, mm-hmm. Sargon and Shelmaazar yeah. and all them to extract the the something went past your window. Oh. Sorry, so to extract that crazy uh, violence justice on them. Uh, once again, and I always, like I said, I'm pretty sure I've said on here. I don't know if it's just personal conversation, but uh, God tends to turn you over to your other God. Mm-hmm. He basically says, "Okay, let's see what they can do for you." And and we've seen that in Hosea a few times. What what is your false God going to do for you? Is he going to give you the reins? No. Is he going to mm. like let your fields be populated? No. You think that that god of fertility is going to make you fruitful? No. And in here he's basically saying, I was your shepherd, I was your protector, I was your savior. Without me, there's no such thing. Look what's coming. Mm-hmm. And then once again we get Hosea with that impassioned prophecy of, so I am to them like a lion, like a leopard, I'll look beside you. So you start out with the the stalking. Mm-hmm. And then you get the the picture of a bear robbed of her cubs. If you've ever gone camping in the mountains, they say if you see a bear, you're probably cool. If you see a bear cub, Get out of there because mama bears are crazy, um, crazy protective over their kids. So what's happening is uh, God's own children are being pulled away from him and pulled into idols and so on and so forth. And he, like a bear, is going to come down on those that are taking his kids away from him. Um, and then it just gets utterly violent from there. So you get the stalking, you get the mentality, and then you get what's going to happen. I'll tear them apart. I'll rip them. I'll devour them like a wild beast you know it just kind of mm. goes into this growing destruction. And this isn't
1: this isn't an accidental um rejection of god right this is a pure we have chosen i mean i mean we've talked about what in earlier chapters oh, we're we're um oh we've talked about how in earlier chapters um sorry i'll get it in a second um sorry i got distracted my computer screen went off um so we've talked about er- in earlier chapters of, of hosea we talked about how it is a specific purposeful rejection where they're like well obviously i mean it, it's not god or let's get rid of hosea and you know all those those potential things of judgment just won't happen and it's like well, well no it, it really is going to happen you guys have rejected the god who who was there, who did save you. This is our relationship, and now um, we're elsewhere. So,
0: and, and God at best to them at this time is a good luck charm. At worst, he's an inconvenience. Mm-hmm.
1: And he might be one of many gods right, that, a good that, luck that luck they could turn to. Right, so which God are we going to worship at this time? Well, you know, we've got Baal, we've got Yahweh, and Yahweh's like, well, no, remember Deuteronomy 6, Yahweh is one. And, and ultimately, yeah. That's, that's the way he wants it to be
0: so there you go all
1: right <laughs> cool so we got nine through uh, 13 or
0: 14 yeah that's fine that, we can go or that nine far. through 11 yeah do nine through 11 we'll do a quick stop off and then I think we can go right on to the rest
1: okay I think that's what all right <clears throat> he destroys you O Israel for you are against me against your helper. Where now is your king to save you and all your cities? Where are all your rulers, those of whom you said, give me a king and princes? I give you a king in my anger, and I took him away in my wrath.
0: And this is a a slam. Mm -hmm. This is an epic slam. This is the, uh, in Samuel, the book of Samuel, they basically say, hey, we want a king. We want to be like everybody else. We want to be a nation ruled by a guy. It's in charge. And God is sends of prophet Samuel to say, no, you have God to rule you. You don't want a king. Here's the reasons why. And they're like, no, 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 we still want a king. And God says, hey, Sam, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. I'm going to give them what they want. So, yeah, it was not, uh, oh, you guys want a king? Here you go. Here's Saul. He's going to be awesome. Here's, you know, oh, well, okay, not really awesome. So David will be a bit better. You know, he mm-hmm. doesn't, that's not really the... What, what happens here? It's more like, okay, you've rejected me and you want a guy to rule you? Here, let's see what happens. And then here he's like, oh, you reap what you sow.
1: And, he, and he's kind of taunting them. This isn't like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like, see. Uh, he destroys you, O Israel, for you are against me, against your helper. Where now is your king to save you in all your cities, huh? Where are all your rulers? You know, those of whom you said, give me a king and princes. I gave you a king in my anger and I took him away in my wrath. Like, this is God taunting him. He's like, you know, this is what you're asking for. Mm-hmm. This is what I gave you. Do you like it? Did, did you, you well, know.
0: What I hear is like, where now is your king to save you in all your cities? That's basically like, oh, you thought the kings were the ones that had control over you. You right. thought they controlled your history. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, they don't control anything. Not your history, not your present, not your future. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. So.
1: And, and their rulers, I mean, really, their rulers, their kings, even their priests. I mean, part of the reason that they're stuck in this situation is because they're not doing their job. They're killing each other. I mean, they're, you've got their government, which is a hot mess. And, you know, so is their society. And, you know, by them not following God's commands, you know, they're reaping the very thing that, that they've sowed. Yeah. All right,
0: so you want to do 12 and 13? Right. 12, 13. This is the tragic portion, part one. <laughs> uh, part Three.
1: <laughs> it doesn't get better, yeah, the iniquity of the affirm is bound up, his sin is kept in store. the pangs of childbirth come for him, but he is an unwise son for at the right time he does not present himself at the opening of the womb.
0: so I will say twelve and thirteen are hotly debated among scholars, and I got to have a small conversation with a uh couple of scholars on this. Ooh, I'm so. curious. Okay. Uh, but I will let you go first because I'm not reading your commentary. Right. And my commentary was basically presenting the two major views. Okay. <laughs> As opposed to picking a side. Um, so I want to see what side your commentary turns All chose. right, let me...
1: Because I've got some weird notes here. So I'm it's like, a, wait it's a second. It's a hard to... Um, so I looked
0: at the Hebrew and it is a very difficult to uh, interpret section
1: okay so while you look at my not even understanding what i wrote um i'm gonna pull up the. give me a second yeah, yeah okay I'm gonna so pull you pulled up that up um yeah i'm trying to look back at my own notes and i'm like again i did not do a good job in chapter 13 with some of my with some of my notes um let's see it's so weird to have downtime.
0: So basically, I will say really quick, the first in 12, it says the iniquity of Ephraim is bound up. His sin is kept in store. Um, The views on that are typically that the sin is probably recorded um, sort of like a legal ledger or document and the payment has to be made. Um, That was the predominant view of that. Others say or wonder if basically the sins of Ephraim have been bound up, but now they're spilling over and something has to be done about it. Okay. So those are the two views on that verse. That, that one's not in as much question. And I think both of those views could be fine. Yeah. It's 13 that's nuts.
1: So, okay. So here's what I got. Um, so I'm going to read specifically what I took from the commentary and not use my own words. Um, And that's what we're here for. This is Elizabeth Actemeyer. (laughs) It says, The references to the custom of binding up papyrus and parchment scrolls um, and of depositing them in a storage place for self-keeping. And then she referenced Isaiah 8.16. She says, Thus have Ephraim's sins against the Lord been recorded, bound up, and stored. The passage of time cannot erase them or cause God to forget them. Um, further circumstances cannot mitigate their deserved punishment. Um, so it's like a, like a child, um, trying to do the right thing, but, but now wanting (laughs) to stay out of trouble. Um, and ultimately the, the wages of sin is for Ephraim is, is death. Um, verse 13, um, Ephraim therefore is like an unwise son. Um, basically who should have been born into life, but who instead refuses to present himself at the opening of the womb and who dies as a result. Um, God wanted to give the people life, but they have chosen death. The figure of speech with its picture of a child who refuses to traverse the birth canal is a stunning portrayal of the obstinacy of the Israelites. So that's kind of the route that she took. And I see why I used her words exactly in here because I'm like, okay, that makes more sense when she writes it, but how to put that, combine those thoughts, I I wasn't quite sure how. So what what do you have either on its own or in regard to what Elizabeth had to say?
0: So the verse, I'll, I'll just read it. The pangs of childbirth come for him, but he is an unwise son. For at the right time, he does not present himself at the opening of the womb. The initial parts in the Hebrew, the pangs of childbirth come for him. In some manuscripts, basically reads, upon him shall come the sorrows of childbirth. That leads some scholars to hearken back to Hosea 9 Mm -hmm. when they talk about Israel being a prostitute. The connotation there is that Israel was like a female acting the prostitute. So it's taking a male and saying they're acting as the female role. So that leads some scholars to wonder if Israel in this verse is taking on the female role of giving birth, but will be stuck in eternal anguish. And then as the verse goes into the second part, he is an unwise son, For at the right time, he does not present himself at the opening of the womb. So the first part, so in this verse, Israel is playing two roles. One, they are the mother that will be in eternal anguish. Okay. Two, they will be the child that does not come out when labor starts, thus leading to the child's death. Got it. So there will be eternal torment and pain and death. That's one reading. The scholars that I talked to also split a little bit. Um, one of them said, yeah, I'm reading the Hebrew the same way you are, uh, with upon him shall come the sorrows of childbirth. The other scholar said, I disagree. And that's, and he said, he did tell me, he said, I'm 70% sure this is what this means. <laughs> so, um, he's, he's not discounting it completely, but, um, he said that the, it would be better that, um, it was, the word upon is not used that often in the old testament it is used nine times in the esv but eight of the instances of the word upon are completely different wording than what we have here okay so to translate it this say might be wrong he said it would be better to translate it labor pains of birth will come to him um and he said contextually that before at the right time he does not present himself at the opening of the womb would basically say the labor pains are coming but they're not Like, he's not responding to them. Would be a better way to put that. Right. Um, And then he also said that he looked at the Greek LXX, which Old Testament goes from Hebrew, translated into Greek. Uh Um, He said that that translation says, the birth pains as giving birth will come to him, would be the Greek translation. So that kind of takes away that feminine portrayal put onto Israel. He said, however, it's not... Like, like while it's not as poetic from that transmorphing from the one role to the other. Uh-huh. And I'm sorry if you guys are getting lost or bored. I'll try and sum this up better. Um, he says, uh, I, I asked him, I said, so the woman birthing here is not Israel with your reading. Is that correct? He said, correct. It is a woman in labor. Birth pains is a common metaphor for the woes of the current world, which we know, Okay. um, and Israel is the son refusing to budge. The conclusion of the metaphor is heavily implied. This is an unwise move. Why? Because the end result will be death. What's the end result of ignoring Yahweh? Death. Okay. So the two prominent views are either, A, Israel is going through labor pains and is going to have a painful, torturous existence. Okay. But Israel is also the unwise son that refuses to be born during labor. The other prominent view is that God or the world is showing them you need to do what's right because the labor pains are here and Israel being stubborn and saying no. The end result is the same. Death of the baby. Okay. Death of Israel. Because verse
1: 14 talks a lot about death. Right. Oh, so yeah, I didn't okay. know if like you're talking about in context if that makes a difference as to how he translated it or
0: no it's the the imagery becomes different okay depending on who you what i think that the imagery of of writing if you're to write something where something transmorphs from one character to the other but they're in the same situation Mm -hmm. is amazing like to wrap my head around that is actually kind of a cool literary device right however it's no less cool The other way that, like, the circumstances are the woman in labor, or God is sending the signals that the baby has to be born, and it's not being wise, right? And not juxtaposing that onto Israel. Okay, it's I know it sounds really complicated, but I guess this is what scholars argue about because of that subtle difference in the translation and what it could mean.
1: So, if I were to say that both translations would fit into either death or a sucky existence will ultimately be the outcome of their disobedience to God.
0: I mean, so to kind of take that, if you're to say um, Israel's existence is like that of a woman in labor who will never have a baby born, you could actually look at the rest of the context of Hosea and see that. They're going through all the motions, but nothing is happening but suffering. Oh. They're pretending to worship Yahweh. They're pretending to make offerings. But all that's doing is breeding pain because they're not actually delivering anything. Oh, okay. I see. So that's one aspect you could look at. Okay. However, scholars disagree if that's actually the point here. Okay. The other half believes that God is telling them what they need to do to have a birth. Okay. To be fruitful, to be presented, to be born, to be you know right. healthy, and they're ignoring it, and that is just going to cause death. Okay, so it depends. Um, so I appreciate what the, the, my friend, his name is Jim. I appreciate what he said. I think he he really looked into it. He's he's super smart guy, mm-hmm. and I I would tend to say if he's seventy percent sure that's what it means. I would give him a strong vote. Okay. But I'm not ready to discount the other one yet because I think it portrays an amazingly poignant picture.
1: Disobedience to God is bad. Really, really, really bad. Yeah. And both of those pictures don't sound enjoyable by any means. No. Um, I mean,
0: I've I've witnessed the birth of five children, and if it was a point where one of our kids was not coming out and mm -hmm. they were, you know stillborn or something like that like that would be an immense tragedy right and i would not want to be you know in the room and i don't i mean that would take a lot to get over and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth so this is really a a sad picture of anguish wow wow but yeah either way it's it's a when you really explore what's being said there it really is a, a sad sad picture wow Either way, you take that. And I'm sorry if that, if it felt like there's a lot of information plopped down there. I just like the commentary I was reading presented those two views. Mm -hmm. If I was reading this at face value in the English, the pains of childbirth come for him, but he's an unwise son. Huh. (laughs) You know, it's like the pains mm -hmm. of childbirth come for him. That sounds like Mm -hmm. it's happening to him, but. A baby also doesn't birth itself. A baby is pushed out. It's not, mm-hmm. everyone's like, well, when that baby decides to come, the baby doesn't decide to come. The mm-hmm. body decides to push it out. So, yeah, yeah it's... And,
1: and it's hard um, <laughs> because when, when you're talking translations, these are, English is a translation. A lot of times, mm-hmm. I feel like we as, as Americans, we look at every other thing as, as lesser than, than we are. And I think in this picture, it's kind of the opposite way around. The English version is not the best version. We're well, um, saying
0: that through Hosea, right? In general,
1: and and so we are getting a translation of it. Um, and a lot of times, you don't have. I mean, a lot of times in Bibles, you don't have notes to say that these are multiple translations of how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither of us are scholars, so sometimes when we're reading specifically or highly utilizing our commentaries as a crutch, it's because we're not scholars and and we don't know the original language it was written in. Um, So we're relying on interpretations and and multiple people to help guide us through that. Um, Yeah,
0: I have a a wealth of books. I have a wealth of friends. I know where to look and how to ask. (laughs) Um, But I by no means would ever, I, I would sit there confused and probably just go past it. To be honest. But mm-hmm. to to take a second to really digest it, I'm like, hmm, I need more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know enough about Hebrew to be annoying, not enough to be to, accurate. Right. <laughs> but I might I was gonna show you, I might, I might start a Hebrew self study because you know, I'm bored and don't have enough other stuff to do. Okay. yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. better than the Dobson book. I have an idea. I anywhere.
1: tried a Hebrew, Greek and Spanish all at the same time. And I failed at all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I just ran out of time. I did,
0: I did the Dobson book. The one that he does. Uh-huh. It was really, really good. Okay. But like, I don't remember much of anything. Got it. So anyway,
1: I think at, uh, at this point I'm going with commentators and <laughs> yep. yeah. Yep.
0: Do you want to finish uh, out the chapter? Sure. And so, if, you, if you have questions about that, bakesh.podbean.com. We have a comment. Bakesh at Outlook.com is our email. That's bakesh at Outlook.com. Uh, we'd be happy to try and uh, straighten it out more. Yeah, And um, if
1: not, maybe you can straighten us out. I mean, yeah, I'm really If you've I'm got an really okay opinion, also. throw it at us. Um, please, please. Um, verse 14 through 16. Shall I ransom them from the power of Sheol? Shall I redeem them from death? O death, where are your plagues? O Sheol, where is your sting? Compassion is hidden from my eyes. Though he may flourish among his brothers, uh, the east wind, the wind of the Lord shall come, rising from the wilderness, and his fountain shall dry up, his spring shall be parched. Um, It will strip his treasury of every precious thing. Samaria shall bear her guilt, because she has rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword, their little ones shall be dashed in pieces, and their pregnant women ripped open."
0: Yay. I'll let you go first because I'm going to look up a reference here.
1: Um, so verse 14. Um, uh, basically, throughout the Old Testament, Sheol is the place uh, below the waters under the earth to which the dead go. Um. So we are really, in a sense, looking at death um, with the word death and with the word Sheol. <laughs> um, basically... Um, she says that those who are formerly alive dwell there as the, the repa am, uh, that is weak ones, shadows who chirp and mutter. Um, and she references Isaiah eight nineteen with, with that. And my computer is now moving. All right. Um, uh, basically the East wind is Assyria. Uh, it is the instrument of God's wrath as we've kind of seen multiple times throughout the book. Um, Basically, she says verse 15 um, references, it's basically a picture of the troops of Assyria plundering every valuable thing that is in Ephraim. Um, We are ultimately ending uh, this chapter on a really, really negative note um, where we see that they are, basically they are receiving death. Um, However, there is a positive that comes with it. Um, basically, (laughs) um, Paul, um, actually quotes Isaiah 13, uh, 14, um, and first Corinthians 15, 15, which I am not there yet. Do you want to go on while I find this or no, go ahead. Um, um, I
0: have a really short note just about the end of the chapter.
1: Um, 55. Um, he's basically talking about mystery and victory. I'm actually going to read uh, 1 Corinthians 15:50 50 through 58, um, just for context purposes. Um, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inher- inherit the imperishable. Fourteen, which I just read, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Um, So at that time. We saw a lot of hopelessness. However, Paul utilizes that hopelessness in Hosea um, to actually provide hope, and that hope specifically comes through Jesus. Um, and, and ultimately, his, his uh, redeeming love is he actually uh, helps us escape that wage of sin, which is death, um, portrayed both in Hosea and here. However, Jesus allows us basically payses the penalty that Israel is getting in Hosea, Jesus is taking that punishment of death here and providing victory and really a new way of life.
0: Well, I don't want to talk about my note anymore. I'm sorry. Because my I'll take us back negative. Oh, <laughs> so that's cool.
1: It's good. So Hosea ends on a bad note. However, Paul, lots and lots of years in the future, um, oh,
0: it, it makes it makes sense because it's almost like uh, the question is asked and Paul provides an answer. Mm-hmm. Death, where is you know, your plague wears your sting. Oh, let me tell you. It's through Christ. <laughs> right. Um, okay, fine. My last note. Uh, uh, the pregnant women ripped open. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's an insight into how brutal the ancient nearest warfare was. First uh, Kings fifteen sixteen uh kind of gives an inside story on it. Um, it's something that actually had happened, um, and it's pretty terrifying. Oh. So, just wanted to throw that out there. But if you want to read it, Second Kings fifteen sixteen, uh, kind of tells you a little bit about warfare at that time.
1: Man, you should have gotten yours before mine. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to end
0: on that. No, I want to end on positive. What's, what's the next chapter have? Um, <laughs> Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled in your iniquity. I mean, hopefully it I'll ends... I'll heal your apostasy... Uh, ep- I can't say you, that
1: word. I mean, ho- hopefully it ends well, because... Um, it's the end of the book. Oh, my gosh. We um, do have to come up with something. Yeah. Oh, so, the, Hosea 14 is, is the last chapter of the book and um, then goes on to... Wow, that's a have ever done a book. A minor... But that's not fair because we did Deuteronomy first and this is our second book. <laughs> did, <laughs> did I
0: tell you about uh, the same guy that actually gave me that scholarly input? He said uh-huh. he has a friend that... Uh, uh, wanted to get into studying the Old Testament more, so he recommended our podcast. And he said, hey, can I have the address or whatever, Said so pass it along. And I said, "Like, I was like, yeah, sure, here you go. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. We got someone else who's going to listen. Mm-hmm. And he scrolled and he goes, am I looking at this right? There's three years of Deuteronomy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, it's like two and it goes into the third. Like, we didn't get quite... I was like, but he can download them all at once. It's so, only, you know, <laughs> it's only 50 hours of listening. <laughs> and
1: Deuteronomy is a good chunk of i mean really the bible right i mean, I mean really because when you get into deuteronomy i mean that that gets in the new testament we spend a lot of time in the new testament in that and and that helps i think with our study of the prophets both minor right. and major and i mean yeah there's a lot in there <laughs> my, my daughters and i we've been going through matthew and um, it's a cat Oh, and we've been actually a couple years in Matthew and we're only on chapter eleven. Ooh. Um wow. wow. So yeah. You should him through Mark. Well the great thing about Keep Matthew is, But Matthew goes into like Deuteronomy a ton, so we've been in and out of the old yeah, testament. Yeah,
0: yeah. But my attention span is Marky. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um when people ask me like, Oh, what new where should I start in the Bible? A lot of people want a gospel. You want mm-hmm. the story of Christ and what's going on and um, I always was recommended John and I've seen so many people start John and be like, so what else you got? Cause in mm-hmm. the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And in the be, it's like, they're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Take a look at Mark. It's Jesus did this. He said this. And then he did this. And then he said this. And then he did mm-hmm. this. It's quick. It's short. It's, it's the nutshell. You'll get through it quickly. And with that background. And if we say Mark is the primer for the other synoptic gospels, mm-hmm. Matthew and Luke will will flow a lot easier.
1: I had always heard that too, and we recommended John to someone, and I started reading it just so I could like you know probe you know answer questions and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I was like, I looked at Sarah's like John is so different. You know, we really should not have recommended John. Um, Hopefully, she hasn't read it yet, and uh, show you know what we can point her in a different direction. So I think I'm going to take that mark and and run with it.
0: Well, John was written for the Greeks, and we're basically the Greeks. No, no, that's no. a different school of thought. John is written for the philosophical mm-hmm. um, and the super smart., <laughs> Yeah, but not not to say that your friend wasn't super smart. just that it's not the typical way we think no, it's but it, it's not
1: well so okay, Western mindset. Well, we were in the position of like, I was like, we we got a study Bible. And um we we're like, so if you want to reference the, you know the different things, and she's like, what are the big and the small numbers? And I was like,
0: oh, we got to start. You
1: yeah. know, we we got to go. Yeah. So, but anyway. Dude. Oh. So John is probably not the place. I, I was thinking John probably wasn't the place to start, but I like the idea of Mark. So
0: we, we were talking, we got to go. We're about out of time, but we were talking loosely about if you could take the books of the Bible and kind of like place them together how less daunting the bible could be to people mm-hmm. and we've got the old testament in four books in the new testament in three mm. so like the pentateuch uh joshua judges all one mm-hmm. you have like ruth kings chronicles all is another mm-hmm. all of the prophets is another and then the wisdom literature mm. four books if you told somebody to go that route instead of these I'm going to get out of soapbox. Uh-oh. These ridiculous freaking reading plans that make you go through the New Testament three times while going through the Old Testament once. And then you like, I didn't complete the Bible in a year plan. It's because they made you do all this crazy rereading of the New Testament over and over again because we've deemed it more important than the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Like if you just read the whole thing all the way through, you could get the whole thing done in three months and if you broke them down into dip anyway well hey look we're about out of time all right um, next episode will be our last in jose unless something crazy happens and we had to split it in two but right now it's the last episode yes
1: and so far we've been doing a chapter a week which we were doing yeah chapter in a month or more (laughs) in deuteronomy so
0: we're getting better miracles happen
1: all right so with that
0: um bye yeah talk to you guys next time